I am thrilled to be joined today by John Root. He is a TPUSA contributor. He does a lot on the sports side. So we both have that sports background in common. We also both um, were wrapped up in some of the controversies surrounding mass during the pandemic. He was fired from Fanatics from, for a social media post, which I'm showing you here that we'll dive into further about um, finally not having to wear a mask in the gym in Arizona, not mandated there. I, of course, you know, my um, story on how I stood up and asked for religious exemptions from masking and testing from the PGA tour. They denied those and then went on to fire me. So we both were fired under those circumstances. We're going to talk about the bigger picture behind the masks and how I believe um, they were used in this big spiritual battle that we've been um, undergoing. We'll talk a little bit about sports, the politicization of all of that, and the awesome work um, that he's been doing surrounding his faith and the revival that we are seeing here in this country. But first, I want to tell you some exciting news that we have James O'Keefe, who's also going to be at our national conference for We the Patriots USA in Boise in June. Steve Dace, Peter McCullough, Dr. Ryan Cole, so many wonderful people for this event. I will be your MC for the event, and you can use code Early Eagle currently for 10% off. So head over to We the Patriots USA.org to sign up and get your tickets and also to support us here at our 501c3 nonprofit. Support the show, support everything that they're doing on the legal front and everything they're doing to try to prevent mandates from happening in the future in the court system and to return religious freedoms and religious exemptions to states like Connecticut and New York and so forth for school-aged children. So let's dive into our episode with John Root. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Hey, John, welcome in. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks so much for having me. That conference looks amazing, and this conversation is going to be amazing. I love chatting with you. This is going to be great. Oh, well, thanks. Hey, you know, you guys over at TPUSA have a pretty good blueprint for how to put on one (laughs) heck of an event. So um, we hope to have something like that. And I'm excited James is joining us because you, I know, can attest as a member of the media. um, You know, he's done so much to try and revamp, uh, for lack of a better term, media in journalism because it needs it. And we don't have investigative journalism much anymore. And so it's, it's, you know, great to have James still pursuing all of that, despite everything he's been through recently. Yeah, I feel like we've been vindicated in so many ways, Taryn, when we got let go and so many people that have dealt with just some nonsense in the sports media industry. He's like, no, I infiltrated Pfizer. I infiltrated the social media companies here. I infiltrated that. And then you finally just get to see, yes, what we were saying was true. And we don't want to hang these people in the streets. All we wanted was to be heard and have diversity of thought uh, when the pandemic hit. But clearly, I know we're going to get into there is one road you got to run down, one 
road of thoughts. That's all you can have. And if you're not along with it, take a hike. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing it in just the way sports coverage is, is, uh, is happening right now. You know, I just had recently a discussion with Allison Williams that people can go back and listen to. And she talks mm-hmm. extensively about that, you know, how she experienced it at ESPN where, um, you know, if, if, if reporters think that that's the platform to do it on, which I, you know, have a debate for that. I'm not quite sure it is the place for sports reporters to politicize um, things. But if that's the route that they want to take, you know, ESPN's letting them do that, but they're only letting, and they're not the only ones, you know, all these media outlets are doing it. They're only letting a certain um, viewpoint, political one, being um, pushed out there to the audience. Yeah. And then I know. Places like ESPN as well. I, I know some people over there. There's some great people not saying that we're never painting no. with a broad brush. I no. hope that's what people always understand when we have these discussions. We're not over here just trying to be salty about stuff. There are some great people at ESPN. There's great people at Fox Sports. There's great people at the PGA Tour, Tennis Channel, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there is a specific narrative they want you to run with. And um, I know I've connected with some people like... Uh, Dan Orlovsky, Sage Steele. I haven't gotten to talk to people like uh, Matthew Barry, and I'm not going to say I get to talk to them extensively, um, but I have, you know, listened to a lot of their content and their discussions, and they have been hit hard for either their faith or their politics or a combination of both. And it's great to see people like that that are a little bit tenured that are able to stick around and fight back, get suspended, come back. People like Sage Steele, I know. Dan Orlovsky was the one that if people forgot, he prayed live on air after the DeMar Hamlin collapse. And it was great to see those kind of things. But for sure, uh, just like uh, Clay Travis would say in his book, Republicans buy sneakers too. The vast majority of sports media is left wing. There's not a diversity of thought. No, not at all. And, you know, there are wonderful people that um, maybe do lean liberal that want that open discourse, but then there's so many that do not want that open discourse at all. And, you know, I argue that um, I don't think fans really care to hear too much of that um, in sports, their sports coverage anyway, you know, to to quote Clay Travis, once again, once you get woke, you go broke. I mean, people just, they, sports is supposed to be an escape for people. You know, they want to um, talk about their rivals on the field, not in politics. And I actually just did a video and unfortunately with social media, when you start talking about things that the uh, big tech oligarchs don't really enjoy, you start getting shadow banned. So unfortunately that, that man on the street video has not been viewed that many times. Uh, But I just asked people at the waste management open, do you think sports have gotten too political? And there was a few people that said, I don't think so. And then I needed to get a little bit deeper into, do you believe that the people that, that can make the decisions are only allowing one narrative to one ramp, run rampant. Do you believe that there is one political side of the aisle that the decision makers are allowing to be promoted or allowed to be talked about? And most people are saying, I don't really watch these sports anymore, or I don't really buy tickets that much anymore, or it's just kind of giving me a bad taste in my mouth. And people just don't like it. I mean, sports has been the ultimate connector the best outlet away from politics, life, every bit of craziness we have to deal with. But now it's become another news outlet, political news outlet. And I know Travis, again, let's just give him some more shout outs. He called it MS ESPN. 
And it's true because you start watching these sports outlets and you're like, oh my gosh, like if I wanted to listen to this, I would have gone to Fox News. I would have gone to CNN or I would have gone to my local news channel. And people just start just getting, I just beat over the head with politics. And I'm like, I'm sick of it. I just want to watch my favorite players. I want to hear about meritocracy, not diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, I think that um, so many people feel that way. And, um, you know, these sports, they're starting to see it happen. And these hockey players are starting to stand up. They're saying no to pride nights and, you know, whether or not you align with that, you know, religiously or not, uh, it still falls under the whole premise of people just don't want to talk about that kind of stuff at a sporting event. Like, let's just go there and have fun. Let's be united. Let's go there to a hockey game and have fun. And I think that too, a lot of these guys, um, you know, we know how hard the mandates were on the NHL and um, you know, how hard they came down on the players. And I think that the players were like, wow, okay, you can't do that to us anymore. And so I'm, I'm proud of them for standing up um, against the Pride Nights because I think it is a carryover from what happened during COVID. Let me go off on that real quick. Yeah, um, please do. <laughs> I worked in the NHL. So for people that don't know, I was an arena host and a uh, digital reporter for the San Jose Sharks. Watched them as a kid, got to work for them. I mean, that's that was kind of the Sharks' heyday in a lot of ways. My first season with them, they made it to their first Stanley Cup final. You know, when you're an in-arena host too, like Taryn, have you ever been an in-arena host? I have, yes. And I have yeah. actually, I've done it for baseball and for NHL hockey too. So. And there's nothing like it, especially when you're in an arena during oh, yeah. the playoffs. Like you could say anything. You could say that we're doing a toilet paper toss and you'd have people just going nuts. They, oh yeah. They, go, they, they love go their crazy. free stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter what free stuff you're throwing out. It's a blast. But I say that because I worked for the San Jose Sharks. I worked for the Golden State Warriors organization. Uh, so I worked for their G League team, the Santa Cruz Warriors. Did some stuff with NBC Sports. But when Pride Nights came up, uh, and that's during Hockey is Forever one month. And so it's not uh, it's not happening during June. It's, I think, butted up against usually um, uh, a month where they honor – uh, everybody that's been dealing with cancer, uh, but hockey is for everyone month is just about like accessibility to the game to everybody. But now I think it's just kind of been hijacked for everything LGBTQ and pride night specifically. They always honored my decision not to wear anything rainbow, anything LGBTQ. And I felt like at that point, so I left the sharks in 2020. I know we'll go over, um, that part of my story in a little bit, but it was always respected. And I think, you know, me working in various different leagues for various different teams, that was always honored. But what's happened is Pride Nights have been just weaponized and hijacked. Now it's, uh, I think people, no matter what side of the aisle you're on politically, no matter if you're re- religious or not, the trans issue is 100%. I know this by talking to players that I will not name talking to coaches that I will not name and staff members I will not name. The trans issue is tearing people apart. Mm -hmm. You're now parading people out there, kids that Mm -hmm. have either had uh, their bodies mutilated or they're just parading them out there believing that they're a different gender. And for a long time, that was called gender dysphoria, which was a mental disability. No longer seen that way. We don't need to go down that road. But... um, it's now been hijacked with trans. You have uh, drag shows at 
these arenas and these stadiums. And speaking of body mutilation, this gender affirming surgeries they're talking about for minors, there's teams like the Detroit Tigers where part of your ticket proceeds last year could go to these organizations that push gender affirming care, body mutilation, mutilating your body that is just irreversible. It has no scientific evidence that it is anything good uh, for, for any of these kids. So I think they're starting to realize, you know, this isn't just about like marriage equality anymore. This isn't just about some night for representation for the gay community. And I think a lot of people, even the gay community, there's a lot of people in these conservative circles that are saying, this is, this is too much. Obviously me as a Christian man, I respect people like James Reimer from the sharks that said, I'm just not going to wear this, this Jersey. And then he got hit with a lot of really tough questions, Taryn. I don't know if you watched his uh, interview with the media, but you start getting a lot of these theological questions and it's, it's difficult. It doesn't matter if you went to seminary or not, or you're going to church every single Sunday uh, or not. These are very difficult questions, but the definition of love's been redefined. Uh, the definition of tolerance has been redefined. And it's a tough time, but you see that the NHL is now deciding, according to Commissioner Gary Bettman, maybe we're going to reevaluate these Pride Nights. Maybe it's become too much of a distraction. They might get rid of it altogether. I think that would be great. Um, I think you guys have made your point. Now it's time to just play the game. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you make a strong point there that if these uh, leagues want to protect their players, which they should because it affects their bottom line, um, they don't need to be putting them in the in the middle of the fire like that. You know, when it comes to having to make statements on all of this and and everything, that's not that's not what they signed up for. They just want to play hockey or, or, or whatever. And, um, you know, make their own decisions off the field on how they want to get involved in, um, different missions that, that are near and dear to their heart. And I think you're right. So many people are standing up to this. I just talked to Ollie London, had him on the Mm. show. He's a, he has detransitioned. Um, he is a male that transitioned to a female. He's a British pop star. I mean, famous, pretty famous. And then has since, uh, transitioned back to being a male. And he just talks about the dangers and how it is just completely tearing, um, communities and, and people apart, including the LBGT community as well. So, um, but I think you're also talking about this overall, big arching spiritual battle that we are in. Mm. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because it, our, our stories are so wrapped up into that, you know, all of us of course are, are, you know, need to put on our armor, the armor of God every day when we wake up, but you know, you and I really had to do so, uh, back in 2021 with all of this. And, um, I want to pull up your, we'll start with your story and how this, how it all went down and we can tie in the bigger story and it all. I'm going to show the social media posts that you uh, have posted recently on your Instagram. And it says this, this is the one that, that got you fired. It says the only time I ever put a gym mirror selfie is to celebrate no longer being required to wear a mask at the gym in Arizona. Cheers to allowing people to decide for themselves and for freedom. And um, that was up on your social media page and you were with Phonetics at the time, and they went on to fire you for that. I mean, you just said there in your social media post at the time that masks were not required, and yet you still got fired for it. Yeah, you would have thought that I just murdered 50 people in that gym. And that was a time where 
man, I was tossing and turning about even putting that out there. Um, but that day, which turned into a really tough few weeks, a tough few months, because when your whole career has been leading up to taking that next step, working at a network, because that's what was happening with me. I, I worked for the Sharks minor league team, the San Jose Sharks. I worked for the NHL for a little bit. So I uh, hosted at the All-Star Game. I worked for the Golden State Warriors organization, did a few things with intermission shows with NBC Sports. Like I was getting to that place, Taryn. And you know how hard we work to try to get to that place. And I did internships when I was in college. And I was like, I was really excited about the next step of my career. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, I'm just trying to stay afloat. A lot of networks are getting rid of some of their most tenured uh, reporters and anchors and hosts. And I'm just trying to keep my foot in the door. But when I moved out to Arizona and, and I saw that happen, there was multiple people. It wasn't just a bunch of white Republicans that are just like, man, this is awesome. I've been uh, wearing my MAGA hat every single time I've been going to the gym and I can't wait to take this mask off. It's like, no, I just thought a bunch of people from various different backgrounds. And I had one guy come up to me. He's like, isn't this awesome? I've, I've never seen the guy at the gym. I've never seen him since. Um, and he was like, man, isn't this so cool? And I was just like, man, this is it. This is awesome. The fact that we can just go to the gym and not wear a sweaty cloth on our face that scientifically is not proven to protect anyone. It's scientifically proven to probably do more harm to you at the gym to have a sweaty cloth on your face that most people just don't even wash right after. But I decided I was going to post that. And most of my following was from the Bay Area. So a lot of people that were still stuck in quarantine, a lot of people that were still stuck with uh, just bars shut down, restaurants shut down, other small businesses shut down. And uh, I caught a lot of heat. Uh, it was kind of funny because some people started making fun of my chicken legs. I really don't think I had chicken legs, but I was like, <laughs> man, this is kind of humorous. Uh, so what I ended up doing was uh, first and foremost, you know, I got some death threats. Uh, I had some horrible things said about me and my family and some things I haven't even shared with my family because I just didn't even think they should probably have to hear those things anyway. And when you start to hear those real vile comments, it's hard to take because for most of my life, I've been a people pleaser. Being an in arena host, you want to be liked. Uh, and you want to make sure that people respond to your calls to make noise. Uh, they really enjoy your interviews, your personality. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to like you. Obviously, you know that very well, Taryn. Anytime we jump into the media industry, someone's mm -hmm. going to have something to say about our hair, our smile, our eyes, our personality. But, but I'm with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I would get, I got death threats just being a sports, a golf broadcaster. You know, people would, um, you know, they didn't like me for whatever reason. And they would, they would uh, make death threats just for my reporting. And on that, you can kind of be like, okay, you can brush that off. But when they start to make death threats based on um, a decision that you've made, a, that you know, deep down inside, because of the way that the Lord is directing you and, um, you know, the way that you've prayed on it and, and everything that really hits a lot differently. Yeah. And that's where I, thought too is just like taking some time to really be in prayer and that was one of the strongest times in my faith was during that 2020 2021 time it's just like really diving into the word spending a good amount of time in prayer there's so much misinformation from the media that's happening like actual misinformation uh people are putting in these specific boxes families and friendships are torn apart 
And then what happened with me, I ended up posting this. Uh, there were some people that were really thankful for the boldness. And then the next day after people making fun of my legs, I, I posted a photo of me at the uh, squat rack. And I ended up saying, I'd really taken your comments to heart and I've decided not to skip leg day. And, you know, doubling down there, people did not like, they were just like, there, there were some people that thought that was hilarious. There was other people that are just like, I, I even hate this guy more. But what ended up happening was the Monday of that next week, usually there's some sort of production call and getting ready for the online shows that we've been doing with Fanatics. I've had a relationship with them for years, a long time. Did some stuff with them when I was in San Jose working for the Sharks. And when you're kind of contracted out, they can let go of you at any point, really for any reason. But to know that the reason was because of me not wearing a mask, and they didn't say that specifically. I, I will share that because they can't, because that's mm -hmm. when you know potentially you can get into like some sort of lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And like if you're going to get rid of me, you can get rid of me for anything. But if you're going to get rid of me for something that is proven not to protect anyone and doesn't, and I'm not harming anyone, they basically just said like decision was made by higher ups. And then I said, well, I'd love to talk to the higher ups. And they're like, well, it's just a decision that's been made. And I was just like, well, I, I want to know what happened to get to this point, because I know it's just not skill set related, because uh, you've been telling me some of the shows we've done and some of the meetings we've had have been some of the best you've had since you launched this show online. And they're like, well, you know, we're, we're we'll keep you in mind for the future. And AKA, I was just like, just be straight up with me. I, I'd much rather have you say like, you know, we're not going to have you host any other show ever again. Cause I know for sure that was the nail in the coffin. Um, they wouldn't uh, allow me to talk to higher ups. They wouldn't give me any specifics. Um, but I knew for sure it wasn't skill set related. It was based off this post. Um, and fanatics unfortunately made a decision that, you know, I, I just don't, I don't want to support that organization or company anymore. And that's tough because they have their claws in every bit of sports and the people there were always very kind to me. I don't know if they just got pushed into this decision uh, or if everybody was on board with letting me go, but the Lord had a plan. Uh, he wanted, and during that time I was working for turning point USA undercover basically for six mm -hmm. months i didn't tell anyone publicly because i knew coming out as conservative as a sports media member you might as well just like hit a nuclear bomb on your career so it, it's led to some some good uh good career opportunities but it's tough and i, I definitely do miss sports in, in many many ways Absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. And we will talk about, you know, the work you're doing with TPUSA and um, their and TPUSA faith and everything. But, um, you know, I'm, I echo your sentiments there. You know, I, I was let go because the PGA tour wouldn't honor my exemptions from masking and testing in the state of Florida where there was no mask mandates whatsoever, just like you got fired for there being no mask mandates uh, at the time there in the gym at Arizona. And, you know, I got the same thing. I wasn't, I, my shows were performing the best that they had ever performed. I was still working from home at the time. Um, I had a, I had a working relationship with our, uh, higher ups in the PGA tour. I was shadow banned from them. I wasn't allowed to talk to them. They wouldn't, uh, talk to me about it. You know, I was just asking to work from home for a little while longer. I was pregnant, um, because they wouldn't let me go into the office 
uh, you know, I said I would go in. I would go in um, just like all of my vaccinated friends, just like everybody else. If you step foot outside that building, you go to the grocery store, whatever. No one had to wear a mask. Um, I would do all of that. They said no. And um, they went on to fire me for it. And I think that um, it just so many people and I think you can attest to this are like, well, how how is it that you know, the masks go against your religious beliefs. And I've talked about it a lot on, on this show and in general, and we're still fighting this in the courts. And because I think that this is a huge um, thing that we can win for religious freedom, for uh, preventing mandates and discrimination, quite frankly, down the road, because that's what it all comes down to, right? Especially yep. if we're talking about um, with my scenario, it's discriminating against your decision not to get vaccinated, which is ultimately my decision not to get vaccinated had everything to do with my faith. And there's reason, you know, like everybody knows that uh, people have had exemptions from vaccines due to religious, their religious beliefs forever. Um, and so then by by singling me out and saying, I have to wear this mask when nobody else does, you're discriminating against me. And it's not something, uh, the Bible doesn't want us to do this, right? I want to talk in a little bit about this because they were used as tools in the spiritual battle to, um, take away the light from others, you know, to, to hide your, your face and make everyone feel horrible, uh, by not seeing people's smiles. And, um, you know, it was also a part of, this spiritual battle to bring people down and to and to discriminate and and mark sides for people. And I have a quote from uh, Anthony Fauci about this, and he said, "quote I want to make it be a symbol mask a pe for people to see that it's the kind of thing you should be doing." And I think that they were weaponized during all of this, and it's a spiritual battle weaponization too. You know what they call that, Taryn? Virtue signaling. <laughs> yes. It's literally, it's literally all you're doing. That's mm -hmm. uh, Lord Fauci is telling you, you should do this because it looks good. That's exactly what sports do now too with like, nobody wants, sorry, this is like a bad comparison, but nobody wants racism in sports or society at all. But if you're going to say end racism, um, all you're doing is virtue signaling. And when you're bringing up equity, all you're doing is virtue signaling. Sure, there's definitely uh, some people that we could legitimately call oppressed in our society um, that deserve to be protected. And as Christians, we're going to care for the widow and the orphan. And we're going to do that with our local church. We're going to do that with the local Christian body. But if we're going to talk about some sort of oppression, people like you and I and other people that were either coerced into it, fired for it, lost friendships and family members over it. That's an actual oppressed group right there. And a thing too, that every single time we have these discussions, no one is saying that COVID was fake. No, <laughs> nobody is saying that mm -hmm. at all. And that's what I think sometimes people get to is they're like, all right, John, I've heard your story and I've heard Taryn's story. Um, about uh, each of your situations but you know can you at least admit that COVID was real like we never said that COVID wasn't real um mm -hmm. but we will say it was weaponized yep. and now I, I don't know if you've had anybody Taryn that has admitted that they were wrong um I I I don't I've had I think just a a couple people that have said hey now that all this information has come out I can understand your heart more and I can understand your hurt more 
And it's not like people need to go on this apology tour, but since from the very top with Lord Fauci and the rest of these politicians on the right and the left that we have mm-hmm. to remember, it's, yep. it's not just a, it's not just a uh, Democrat thing. There was a lot of people on the right that, that cowered to this. There's lack of accountability from the top. So when we see friends or family members or fans of the teams that we've worked for, the networks we work for, it's nice to hear um, them apologize, but we don't necessarily need it. Have you gotten that from anyone? No, I haven't gotten any apologies. No, I mean, but I do talk to um, so many people, whether it's on the show or behind the scenes with the relationships that I've garnered through all of this, you know, so many people that have gotten uh, the shot that regret it. Um, and many of the people, unfortunately, that I'm talking to have been injured, have lost loved ones, um, you know, have lost babies, miscarriages, stillbirths to all of this. So it's really sad. Um stories and heartbreaking real stories, you know, of people that have really been impacted by all of this that I talked to. So there is a, there's a sense of guilt and remorse. I think that people went along with it that have since, you know, opened their eyes to it. And I always try and exhibit grace to those people because, you know, so many of them did it um, because of the pressure and to continue to feed their families and, and whatnot. So Um, But as far as a, you know, formal apology, um, especially not when it comes to the masks, I think that's really um, funny topic that people are starting to say, okay, yeah, these vaccines are harming people. These have hurt people, but people haven't really come out and said too much about the masks and that they did hurt people and um, they, you know, have harmed our children and their learning and, um, and all of that. And so I think the masks are still lagging behind on, in all of this. Yeah. And then again, it goes back to that spiritual battle. You have people that just feel like they need to be subservient to the government and they're going to take scripture wildly out of context. And like who is the government to tell us that God is not essential, that you can put God on the sideline, that you can, as the government, just tell kids uh, what they need to do, who they need to interact with. And I mean, right now too, you're seeing so much. Uh, I mean, the DeMar Hamlin situation, I had a good conversation with Dr. Peter McCullough, obviously just the probably the greatest mind out there when it comes to virology and an understanding of how vaccines affect um, any age, any demographic. Him and Dr. Malone have been fantastic with being bold. They've been shadow banned. They've been deplatformed. And I know you've done a great job and everybody at your organization and everyone connected would say, hey, we need to make sure we amplify these voices. But I was talking to him about the DeMar Hamlin situation. And then now DeMar Hamlin, he decided on Good Morning America with Michael Strahan. No, I'm not really going to tell you, you know, how I collapsed or what caused me to collapse. And then DeMar Hamlin yesterday was meeting with Joe Biden and uh, Democrat politicians about trying to make sure that defibrillators could be accessible at schools. Why do we need to do such a push for defibrillators at school now? Like, can we just be open and honest about why? It's the vaccine Mm -hmm. and what we've done to our kids. There's so much evidence for a long time, for years, to show that these kids are not at risk. And then now what you've done is either you forced uh, vaccination on these teachers, these staff members, these kids, their parents, and we're just not even getting to the root of these issues, which is such a shame. And then it comes back to 
Um, it was a difficult time. I had no idea what it's like to be a parent. I had no idea what it was like to be you, Taryn, uh, and Allison, um, you know, being pregnant and thinking, you know, um, as a mother, that's something that, you know, God's bestowed on you. He's given you the ability to be a mother and what a beautiful thing um, that is. And you want to do whatever you can to protect that life made in the image of God. And you're not just going to go along with what the government tells you and just kind of hope that that kid's going to be okay, that you're going to be okay. It's just, it's not worth the risk. And you'd much rather uh, get persecuted for that. And which I think we want to get, we're going to get persecuted for being Christians. I could care less about being persecuted for being a conservative. Um, no one's going to go up to heaven and um, go to the Bema seat. And then the Lord's going to be like, well, well done, good and faithful conservative. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's not what, that's not what happens. No. Um, and, and I think most importantly too, I'm not saying that, you know, God's going to be like, you know what? One of your best moments was standing up against the vaccine mandate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, what it's saying is like, no, you stood up against these things because you know that I am essential, that my, my bride, the church, those doors should be open and that no government should ever be telling you that you should be closing the doors of God's house at all. Hmm. Fight back against that. There were some amazing pastors and congregants and uh, influencers that really tried to push and do whatever they could to make sure that people remembered God was essential. Because what happened there? Get into another spiritual war. It starts to get into a race war. It starts to get into uh, this medical tyranny war and uh, a political war. And people need community, Taryn. You know that. And mm -hmm. when the church community is not available, they're going to find community somewhere else. They found it in BLM. They found it in their political groups, both right and left. And it's it's destroyed minds. It's destroyed hearts. And I think in many, many ways, like we've seen recently, I think it's destroyed souls. Absolutely. I think that uh, one of those camps that you just mentioned, those communities that uh, we they can fall under those categories is the, is the COVID community, the, the, uh, that ideology behind COVID, the vaccine masking and, you know, us Christians, I was saying, no, I'm not, I am not following, um, this, it turned into a religion and I'm not, I'm not following that. And so I think that, that that's important. And I did it. Yeah. For our kids. And, um, I think that God has let us down, a wonderful path since then that we will do everything that we can to continue to fill, fulfill our great commission to, you know, make disciples of others and to come alongside those that have been hurt by all of this. And that's what we're trying to do. And, um, and so I think that it's important what you're doing as well. And I thank you so much too, for, uh, tell people briefly what you've been doing recently. You've taken a few trips to Israel, which has been amazing yeah. to the Holy land and, um, all the wonderful work you're doing. Yeah, thank you. And it's been amazing, especially to like the, my foundation is my faith. And that's the most important thing in my life. So I want people to know me as Christian, as a Christian. I don't need people to know me as a sports media member or a conservative pundit. Uh, I want to be known as a Christian. And obviously there's ways that I'm going to show tough love. And I think my faith has grown so much. And I think uh, another thing people should realize is you need to pray for those who persecute you. Um, and in general, a, a lot of times we really don't know what persecution looks like to the full extent of, of losing your life. Unfortunately, um, we saw that in Nashville. Heart goes out to everyone affected 
by that shooting. But most of the time when it comes to persecution, we just have keyboard warriors um, that say mean things. Sometimes we just have uh, bosses that let us go or companies that are going to go crazy left wing. And we got to pray for those people. I've prayed for fanatics. I prayed for um, those people there. That's, that's what we need to do. And pray for the people in power like Fauci. Play, pray for people like that. We need accountability. Uh, pray for President Biden and that administration that you know God's will is done. Obviously, we believe that society would be better with them out and with lack of power. But just pray that their hearts get changed and that there's accountability. And if there's no judgment here on this earth, there would be judgment at the end. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, I hope that people, if anything that they take away from this is not just your testimony, but um, what your message behind persecution and that we, you know, as two people that um, whether you agreed with us or not, you know, we did uh, suffer some consequences and, uh, you know, severed persecution rather for our faith. And, um, you know, we said, Hey, we are not going to be ashamed of being Christians. We are, we are not going to wear these symbols or go along with these things that, uh, don't embody who we are in Christ. And we have since moved on with our lives. We have since, um, you know, experienced these new missions that Christ has put forth for us. And so there's life after taking the stand. And I think that you're a wonderful testament to that. And I thank you so much for everything you're doing. Um, before I let you go, tell everyone, I, you're one of my favorite follows on, on Instagram specifically, but on social media in general. So tell people how they can keep up with everything that you're doing. For all the people you follow and all the people on social media, that's way too kind. I, I don't think I deserve that honor, but it's true uh, it's, though. It really is. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter is where I'm at the most. It's at Johnny Root underscore at J-O-N-N-Y-R-O-O-T underscore. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and uh, YouTube Been trying to turn up my YouTube game a little bit, but uh, they think that I post some harmful content. So I'm trying to get monetized. I've done everything I possibly can. Um, so if you want to subscribe to that channel too, I, I post uh, a lot of a lot of breakdowns about what's going on in sports, what's going on in faith, and hopefully it's edifying to to many people because again, we're in a spiritual war and that is the battle that that we're fighting. We hope that sports get back to uh, some sort of non-politicized, hyper left-wing uh, side of sports that just focus on meritocracy. Maybe we'll never get back there, but in general, I'm gonna expose the nonsense just like Taryn is, so appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And I've got uh, one of my little ones here that I fought so hard for uh, saying goodbye here at the end of the show. So thank you, John, for your time. We so appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode, please head over to wethepatriotsusa.org. Become a regular contributor for us. Prayerfully give your support for our missions to fight for medical freedom, religious freedom, and so much more. Thanks, John. Have a good one.